Hello and welcome to Fast Charge, the weekly podcast about all things mobile from the team at TechAdvisor. Uh, I am your host, Dom. Uh, I'm a little less prepared than usual this week because I got completely knocked on my ass by the flu. Uh, so I spent about four days shivering on my sofa trying to play as much Zelda Skyward Sword as I could get through before I had to go back to work. Um, so, yeah, there's a few little bits and pieces that I thought would be in place by today that, that are not. So I apologise for that. But luckily, I'm joined by a team who are hopefully better prepared than me. Uh, so this week, we have, as always, Lewis and Toddy. Hey. And also, Hannah is joining us this week. Um, yeah, none of you guys have been, you know, racked by hideous flus, I hope. Oh, touch wood, I hope not. I actually feel like it's easy today, so God, hope not. Yeah, my wife is also... Everybody, she's watching this. This is one of the things, everyone around us is getting it. I think it's only a matter of time until it gets us all. (laughs) Well, this is one of those horrible ones. I I, I got a negative, I, I got multiple negative COVID tests, including a PCR, but really like, almost couldn't believe it when the pcr came back negative it's just like really yeah this is yeah. so bad sure? it has to be COVID. <laughs> this is just... there's no way i'm being hurt this badly by a bloody flu uh <laughs> but yeah no it, it completely threw me for a loop so um what we are talking about today first up we're going to be talking about the oneplus nord ce2 5g which was announced mere hours ago um i have had the phone for a week under normal circumstances, this would be titled Nord CE2 Review, because I would be reviewing the phone that I've been using for a week. The problem is it's really hard to review a smartphone when you spent four or five days move. shivering on the sofa playing Skyward Sword. So <laughs> there's a limit to how much camera testing I could do from this one stationary spot. Uh, and it would just be shots of my TV. So yeah, I was going to say, here's my TV, here's my records. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Low-light shot of my TV. Um, yeah. So this what is not going to be a review. I have been trying to use the phone a little bit, and uh, I've been sort of, you know, uh, using it while I scroll Twitter from the sofa. So I have some thoughts on hand feel and stuff like that, but really pretty limited. This will not be a proper review. I will be getting to that soon. Um, but yeah, luckily we have more to talk about as well, though. So also this week I saw the launch of the Realme 9 Pro series, the 9 Pro and the 9 Pro Plus. Uh, they got announced officially yesterday and Hannah has actually spent the last week or so with the 9 Pro Plus, the top tier version of that. So we're going to be talking through what that is like as well, which actually might be interesting because I kind of realized as I was putting things together today, it's got a lot in common with the Nord CE2. Yeah, it has. I Some of the actually... spec sheets are quite similar. Yeah, yeah, I was looking at the uh, the RIU for the Nord and I was like, oh, interesting. Okay, so it'd be I'd like to know like once you've done a bit more testing, how they stack up against one another and whether the faults are the same or whether mm. they're particularly different. But yeah, yeah, I think a few little bits may come out in that. Um, and then finally, we're going to uh, go to another phone that we've actually been, been testing. It's a big review heavy week. Also a Plus model, but a very different one. Toddy has the S twenty two Plus in his hands right there. Pretty and shiny. Uh, I know we've spoken a lot about S22s <laughs> on recent weeks on the show, but yeah, we thought now that one of us has actually had a week with one of the phones, that'd be a really good chance to talk about what we probably think about it, not just from an hour of playing around with them in a Samsung event space, but a week of actually using one of these. We haven't managed to get an Ultra yet, sadly, but we are working on that. So at some point we'll have Ultra thoughts, but for now, S22+. Plus. Before all that, let's run through some of the other bits and pieces from from the, this week. Also, some bits to look forward to because that's a lot of what the news is right now. So, 
I mentioned last week that we had a load of launches this week. That did happen. So there's actually too many launches for us to really cover in, in total today. First up, the Redmi K50 Gaming Edition launched in China. Just the Gaming Edition, not the other K50s, though there will be more K50 phones. Some of those K50 phones are probably going to become Poco F4 phones uh, in, in India and the West. So there is interest. The Redmi K50 Gaming Edition is pretty high-end. It's, it's got an 8 Gen 1 inside and 120-watt fast charging. It's just a pretty serious phone. Okay. They've also launched okay. it with a, uh, a Mercedes-AMG F1 edition uh, tie-in, like which it does look quite nice. I normally yeah. hate limited edition like brand yes. collabs, but <laughs> that one's pretty good. It's quite and nice. I say that as someone with no interest in Formula One at all. It's, it's not the particular, okay. that side of it that appeals. It's quite a nice looking handset. Uh, but yeah, so this I really like the um, there's a little lightning bolt flash on the back. Yes. I really like that. It's, it's no no reason for liking it whatsoever, but I just love the look of it. The there's a lot of nice little touches to that design, um, and it doesn't it is, look it garish like I think that kind of collaboration no. often can. So yeah, I don't think it will ever launch in the West. Certainly not as the Redmi K50 Gaming Edition. Whether that set of specs comes out under a, a I think people talking about there being a maybe a Poco F4 Pro or Pro Plus, and it might end up as branded as that, but we'll see. Uh, one of the other launches that we have had just today, also China only, and we nearly spoke about on the show in more depth, but we're saving it for now, is the Nubia Red Magic 7. So they announced the Red Magic 7 and the Red Magic 7 Pro. The They both have the Snapdragon 8 Gen 1. They've got a lot of you know high-end gaming specs, 165 hertz refresh rate, stuff like that. So pretty exciting. The good news is we're going to know a lot more about their global plans really, really soon because they have confirmed there's an international launch for those next week on February 22nd. Um, so I think we might revisit that next week, not only because I think I'm allowed to say we are meant to have one of these and because of shipping problems, we still do not have one of these. But I really hope by next week, one of us has a Red Magic 7 and we can give some thoughts on actually using Fingers it. Crossed. We thought we'd be ready to do that today, but everything just went wrong with international shipping. So we'll probably talk Red Magic 7 next week in a bit more depth. But yeah, there's other launches on the way. So today saw some really big news from Oppo. They confirmed that next week on the 24th, they are going to be unveiling the Oppo Find X5 series. In so doing, confirming that it's called the Find X5, not the Find X4, 4 being an unlucky number. So they've skipped 4. Um, we're getting Find X5. They also confirmed just earlier this week that it, they do have an official partnership with Hasselblad. That OnePlus Hasselblad partnership has become an Oppo Hasselblad partnership in a new three-year deal. So for the next three years, expect Hasselblad logos on Oppo flagships. And yeah, so we've even seen images now. You can actually go and look up official renders of the uh, the Find X5 Pro, which has that same kind of curved camera module of the Find X3 Pro. I like it. And yeah, it's now a bit more... It's not square anymore. I don't really know how to describe it. It's, yeah. a, it's a slightly odd shape, but... Yeah, it's a weird, a weird. It's got point. like a yeah. There's a the bottom edge is <laughs> diagonal. I quite like it. It's grown yeah. on me. I will say, if you don't like it, when I first saw the leaked renders, I hated it. And now, after a month or so, it's really grown on me. Which is the same thing that happened with the Find X3 Pro design first time around. So, I think it might be a grower. Um, but yes, next Thursday we're going to get all of that in full. We're expecting three phones, maybe Find X5, Find X5 Pro, and a Find X5 Lite rather than a Neo. I think the Neo is getting dropped this year, it looks like. This is all rumours, but, you know, we'll see. Um, and, 
yeah, we confusingly, Oppo also has an MWC event planned for the week after, which is a little odd. And they had announced they would participate in MWC. They'd have a keynote presentation at MWC. They said that at MWC, they'd be talking about, you know, latest generation flagships. That presumably doesn't mean the Find X5, unless they just mean they were going to talk about that stuff again. So I don't know. I'm not sure if Oppo has more announcements planned for MWC or if they just got their messaging a bit muddled up and it, what they really mean is they're going to be at MWC but not announcing anything new. So we'll see. But next week, Find X5. And then at MWC, we now know a little bit of what we're going to see there at the trade show because we've had a few little teasers from various brands. So Samsung is holding an event, which I know people may not have expected because we obviously just had the S22s and the Tab S8s. But Samsung has confirmed it's holding an MWC event. It is going to launch yet more products. We don't know what. There's a little teaser that focuses on a laptop unfolding. So it looks pretty likely there's going to be new Galaxy books. Uh, I don't know if that will be it. I think there's been a lot of leaks around some of the more budget A-series phones. A23, A53, A73. All of those have had spec leaks recently. So we may see some cheaper Samsung phones uh, arrive at the show. Certainly looks like we're seeing laptops, not sure what else. Honor is holding an MBC press conference, and they have confirmed, to a little bit of surprise, that they're launching the Honor Magic 4 flagship series. That is slightly surprising, because we thought it might be a global launch of the Magic V foldable, but they've said nothing about that. Doesn't look like that's what's happening. It's also a bit odd, because we were promised a global launch of the Magic 3, which came out in China in August, and... We're now, mm. what, just about six months later with no sign of it, and they're about to launch the Magic 4. So I think if you've, for some reason, been out there pining after a Magic 3, <laughs> had your heart set on a Google-powered Magic 3 phone, you probably have to give up on that one. Uh, I've actually asked Honor for comment on this, whether this means the Magic 3 global launch is dead, but they haven't gone back to me. So has it launched... I don't know, but I, it feels safe to assume at this point. Has right? it launched elsewhere besides China? Like... As in, like, are they I taking the term global so. release so. very, very loosely? I don't... I might be <laughs> wrong, and if anyone knows I am wrong, please do jump in the comments and let me know. But as far as I'm aware, it is China only, the Magic 3 series. Uh, and it, it's not had a sort of... Because, yeah, totally, it could just be that it, you know, they, that happens with some phones. It launches in, in the Middle East or other parts of Asia, and they consider that global because often for Chinese brands, global launch means outside of China. Um, but... Yeah, as far as I'm aware, that hasn't happened. I think it's just in China right now. So um, looks like that's not happening. We don't know much about the Magic 4, except that it is going to have a Snapdragon 8 Gen 1. That's been confirmed, which is partly why we thought this was the Magic V, because they said it was a launch for the power of Magic with a Snapdragon 8 Gen 1. And the Magic V is a foldable that's Magic branded and has an 8 Gen 1. But it's not that. It's a new flagship series. We'll see what else is going to be in it. Uh, and the last launch we do now know a little bit more about at MWC, is also HM1, I believe, unless I'm getting muddled up. But the Realme GT2 and presumably GT2 Pro are launching. Yes. Realme has confirmed that is what they're bringing to NWC. We knew they had an event, but now they've said it's the GT2 series that we're going to see getting a global launch. Yeah, The GT2 is an 888 phone. The Pro, the Pro is, is an HM1. HM1. Thank you. Yeah. So, yeah, we it, it, suddenly MWC is sort of coming into shape. We know we've got a Samsung event. We know we've got uh, the... On a Magic 4 launch, we got the Realme GT2 launch. A few days before, we're going to have the Oppo Find X5 launch. The only, the big one we don't know about, or the big two we don't know about, is OnePlus, 
with the 10 Pro. Mm. They've confirmed publicly that they're going to be at MWC with the 10 Pro there, but just kind of having it on the stand. They haven't said they're launching it. They just said it's going to physical phone will be at MWC. So I don't know if that means it's getting at launch and it sounds like maybe it isn't. It will be there for press to look at. Uh, and the other one is the Xiaomi 12, where um, mm. despite Xiaomi being uh, bullish initially that they were getting the world debut of the Snapdragon 8 Gen 1, they were beaten to the punch in China by Motorola and beaten internationally by Samsung and now soon others. So Xiaomi has by no means been first to launch an 8 Gen 1 phone in any sense. And if anything, looks like it's going to be one of the last to get this gen of flagships out in, in Europe, which is a bit of a surprise. But uh, we will we'll see. Maybe Xiaomi has, has an announcement ready uh, and maybe it'll just suddenly turn up MWC without telling anyone and we'll all just have to deal with it. Surprise. <laughs> cool. Let's get to our first proper topic of today, which is the Nord CE2. Um, we've spoken about this a little bit in the news segments before because it sort of leaked that this phone was on the way not so long ago. It is a, depending on how you want to look at it, it's either a cheaper version of the Nord 2 or a follow-up to the Nord CE. Um, it's, I guess, sort of both. But it's essentially in that space where it's a relatively affordable OnePlus phone that's pretty powerful for what it is. It's a sort of decent mid-range chipset and stuff like that. But price-wise, comes in at £300, €350. Euros. Uh, I can't remember the, the Indian rupee price off the top of my head. But yeah, it's a, it's a European and Indian launch. No American launch again, just like the last Nord CE. So America is still getting those cheaper numbered N100s and things, but but not these. But <clears throat> I don't know. It, it's in a way, it's a, it's a nice phone. I've been enjoying my, the last few days with it. It is pretty straight down the line, like by the numbers for what we've seen from Nord phones so far from OnePlus, which is to say there's a lot more plastic in the build. You're getting uh, still a good display. It's a 90 hertz AMOLED, 6.43 inches. I think this is the same panel they've used in at least three of these phones. Uh, I think they've just settled on this 6.43 inch 90 hertz AMOLED and someone somewhere ordered a couple million of them by mistake. And now they're just churning out <laughs> yeah. phones to get through these panels. Too many zeros at the end so of the day. So many, exactly. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a nice enough screen. Camera's probably the weak point. It's a, it's a decent camera. It's okay. But like I said, I don't want to really judge the camera too much because I've not really had the time to, to test it properly. But it certainly feels like that's maybe, maybe the weak spot here. But it's a pretty nicely rounded package. Is it uh, plastic or glass on the back? I assume it's the former. It's plastic, um, yeah. So it's, it it's nice. on the front, you're getting Gorilla Glass 5 on the actual screen. So it's nice to get a Gorilla Glass protection at this price. But the frame is plastic and the back is plastic as well. Uh, I've got it in Bahama Blue, which I do quite mm. like. But Grey Mirror is the other colour, which is one of those sort of dusky, dark greys. Um, what's interesting about the back is there's this sort of funny thing with this phone which is, in some ways, it feels very OnePlus. And I do think, in a way that not all the Nords have, but this one feels like a good concentration of where OnePlus puts its priorities. In another sense, it feels very Oppo. Uh, that's partly in things like the continuation of branding the charging SuperVOOC, which we spotted in the 10 Pro spec list. Right. It's the same here. This is officially Oppo SuperVOOC charging, not OnePlus Warp charging. Um, 
65 watts, so that's, again, pretty good for a 300 pound, 350 euro phone. 65 watt charging is, is solid. Uh, OnePlus says it's a full charge in 32 minutes, I think. Uh, I haven't tested it yet, but it sounds about right. But yeah, so it feels very Oppo-y. Part of that is because it is a Reno 7. Um, if you look at the spec list and then compare it to a Reno 7 spec list, they are almost identical. Both MediaTek Dimensity 900, pretty much the same rough camera design and camera specs, both 65 watt Superfic charging. Um, there's some little tweaks. I think the selfie cameras are different, and I'm sure there are some other little bits and you know minor details across the spec sheet that, that are different. But broadly speaking, this seems to be the Reno 7 repackaged internationally. That is it's slightly funny. Chinese Reno 7, you mean, right? Because it's the Dimensity. Is that right? Oh, I can't the, remember about the, Chinese the different one is Reno the 7. And the versions. Indian one is? I always forget. Oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about the different Reno 7 versions. One of the 7s. It was one okay. of the 7s, yeah. They're very similar. Um, so that is partly funny because we've said before, the Reno 7s tend to get repackaged in... The Renos get repackaged in the Oppo Find X line. So one of the Reno 7s was going to become the Find X5 Lite, I think everyone yes. thought. I think maybe that's a different Reno 7 model. So we're seeing different ones get repackaged. This this probably kills any remaining hope of the Reno 7 line launching in, in Europe, at least, under that name. Um, but, yeah, the, other, the oddity here is that one of the main ways this has changed from the Reno 7 is the design of the camera module. Because head-on, the camera module looks the same. The, the lens arrangement is the same as the Reno 7. But it's got the... Oppo flagship style curved, it's plastic here rather than glass or ceramic as you're on the flagships, but the, the plastic of the body curves up seamlessly into the camera module, which doesn't happen on the Reno 7. So it's this odd thing where they've taken a Reno 7 and the one big design change they've made to it is an Oppo design flourish that they've added on, which if anything moves it further away from the classic OnePlus look. And this is maybe more than any other year we've seen. I know that they're kind of more keen to unify OnePlus and Oppo rather than the Realme stuff, but the GT2 series and the um, the teasers for the Find X5 range, they look more similar than I've ever seen any of the three brands' flagships look yeah. at the same time. And the spec sheets between the OnePlus 10 Pro, like everything that's leaked on the, on the Oppo Find X5 Pro looks very mm. similar to the OnePlus 10 Pro, which looks mm. very similar to the Realme GT2 Pro, at least in terms of the actual it's just you know, so the core confused. of these phones. It's just phones. so confusing. You, you, you almost think, what's the point, yep. don't you? Like, <laughs> like, not to be neat. It depends yeah. on the market like, you're yeah. looking at it from, but yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but, it, I mean, in a way, it, it it's an odd criticism to make because I think ultimately it doesn't matter, right? Like, if you're person buying this phone it doesn't matter whether it's kind of similar to another phone especially if that other phone isn't even out in the market you're in right if oppo only releases the reno 7 one way in each market then it doesn't matter too much if you're somewhere where they have it out two ways and you can buy the same phone with two different logos on that maybe feels a little bit funny but again does it really matter what matters is this phone nice and yeah odd things like that camera model design feels very oppo to me not oneplus but equally i like it so mm. Yeah, I'm not saying that in a bad way. I think it's a really cool looking camera module and it helps the phone feel a little, for lack of a better word, fancier, considering it's got the plastic build and it's yeah. kind of, you know, not cheap, but, you know, it feels very, it doesn't feel premium 
because it's plastic, it's really hard to to make that feel otherwise. And touches like that somehow elevate it a little bit, I think. Yeah. I think the colour choice is very signature OnePlus as well. Like I can tell immediately looking at that 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 is a OnePlus phone. And yeah, it, I mean th- that blue is very OnePlus, and I they've yeah, always OnePlus doesn't really touch that. Yeah. kind of vibe. Yeah, OnePlus has stayed in not this yet. kind of greeny blue shade a lot for their signature colours. They're not always, some, especially on the flagship, they've been moving away from it a little bit. But, you know, yeah. I always like these bluey greens they do, and, and this is no exception. I The grey looks fine, but a bit boring, I think. The yeah. blue is clearly the one. Yeah. There's two directions to go here, so you can choose which order you want to go in. As we're talking about the cameras, how are the actual camera sensors? Uh, the other question being, you mentioned like VOOC, obviously, is now part of the charging experience, not, uh, what was it, warp charge? Warp charge, yeah. What do they call it? Um does the software experience does the needle swing even further towards color os or does it feel consistent with existing forms of oxygen os i'll start with that it it feels very oneplus still and to be fair i think depending on what oneplus phone you own i think the nord 2 maybe already kind of had the first integrated software they've been sort of we were always expecting a big grand reveal of the new combined OS, and instead it feels like it's more they're doing it kind of killing oxygen OS death by a thousand cuts style, where they're just very <laughs> yeah. gradually moving phones across. And I'm not, I'm no longer expecting a grand reveal of a merged OS so much as so, you know, they're just slowly more and more it's it's the same. Um, this feels like oxygen, it looks like oxygen, you know. I, I think the average OnePlus user, even someone who's say been on OnePlus phones for years, if you didn't know this had changed code base you wouldn't be able to tell you wouldn't go on and say whoa they've like done something crazy right. to my software you'd just be like oh cool you know this is a very minorly tweaked version of the software i had on my last phone feels very much the same so i obviously can't speak to the underlying code how much has actually changed and i haven't made a point of diving around the settings to find color os touches and that's one thing i will do sure. when it comes to the proper review and i'll be diving through and doing some comparisons to sort of the, the OnePlus 9s and things like that, see if I can find little variances in the software. But just from casual use, nothing stands out as different at all. Yeah. Cool. Um, on the camera front, again, I haven't really tested it much, so I don't want to speak too much to the quality. The main camera is 64 meg. Um, I can't remember what sensor it actually is. Um, it's definitely a drop down from, say, the IMX 766 that was on the Nord 2, and in fact is on the Realme 9 Pro Plus. We'll be talking about that soon. So it's a drop down from that Nord 2 camera. It's fine from what I've seen. I think it's going to struggle a bit in low light. I'm not expecting great low light results, but I think it's going to be one of those. Mm-hmm. It's pretty standard for that price point. If you're in nice lighting, it'll do a decent job. As soon as the lighting goes, it's probably going to start to suffer. Um, 8 megapixel ultra wide that I'm not expecting a lot from and a 2 megapixel macro that I mean is uh, we've had that conversation <laughs> Classic. right um, why <laughs> in a way I'd rather they did this than those like monochrome cameras and lens like color shifting yeah. lenses they were throwing on to make up the numbers before or just a logo yeah <laughs> not even a at camera. least a macro in theory is useful and isn't a gimmick it's just kind of yeah that is another type of lens it's not a great one but it's there uh It's funny, I didn't think it would get any worse than a macro lens. But <laughs> funnily enough, you might they found the a way. Lens, you know, that's the thing. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, um, the, 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 only, the, the worst thing about a bad macro lens is if a bad macro lens is paired with automatically switching to the macro lens when you get close to something. Oh. Uh, that, that's the worst of both worlds. But, is that uh, really Apple's like thing? OnePlus did it 
with one of the flagships, and I think they undid it. But I remember being infuriated. <laughs> exactly on like one of the eight, <laughs> right. I think, but I don't want to say for sure. Where yeah, they'd thrown in a macro, or maybe it was that they were highlighting that you could use the wide angle for macro, similar to Apple. Um, and yeah, it would at a certain point say, "Oh, you want to do macro?" and you switch and. It had the exact same problems, it just got less publicity than when Apple did the same thing, but it was that kind of thing where you'd hover at a certain distance and the lens would just keep flickering back and forth because you didn't know which you wanted to use. And, you know, you'd be ready to take a shot and it would suddenly switch to macro because you moved a fraction of a millimeter closer <laughs> and your, like, carefully framed shot is ruined and all that kind of stuff. I, I hated it. Just looking... My question is... Yeah, sorry, you go. Probably yeah, I was gonna say, uh, my question is: is how well hidden is the macro camera in the camera app? Because I feel like that dictates how confident the company oh, is. Question, like I've, yeah. I found some some macro cameras where I just cannot find. It. I know it's there because I see it on the back, but I cannot find it anywhere in the actual camera app. So that's a yeah. If it sits prior to place in the actual, it's app, it's just then, in the. You've got to go more, yeah. and then it's right there in the in the list of mores along like panorama and slow mo. You know, I mean, it's better than it's, it's not on the main screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've had some where you really have to fight to find the macro mode. So, but it's equally, it's not yeah. one of the main ones they offer. So, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm broadly impressed by this phone. I think it's, like I said, there's a lot of ways it speaks to that merging, that that oppoification of OnePlus, um, the the charging standard thing, the fact that it is kind of a Reno Seven that comes with the same problem we've seen on a couple of the other Nords, which is it doesn't have the alert slider which still to me awesome. feels like a real OnePlus staple and part of their identity. Yeah. And 100%. it feels to me like, I, I know it's going to be a question of what chassis they have available and how they were using stuff, but I really wish if they were going to do these recycling Oppo and other BBK phones, that little touch of going in and adding an alert slider to a pre-existing yeah. handset would feel to me like a really strong signal that they're not doing this to save money, that they're you know, that they still have a sense of what makes a OnePlus phone a OnePlus phone. And I know it's a small thing, but to me, that's the yeah. kind of sign I would look at and say, yeah, they're taking care in this. They've got standards that they're not going to let drop. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they don't do that means even on a phone like this that I like, it still rubs me up the wrong way a bit. And I feel like, you know, come on, what makes this OnePlus anymore? Which I know is a, co a conversation we've had many times, but it, it just keeps co coming through my head when I test one of these these days that, you know, yes, this is a fine phone, it doesn't feel distinctively a OnePlus phone anymore. No. It's kind of weird because they're squandering such yeah. a good brand. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Like, this, there was, you know, OnePlus had such strong branding, such a strong community relationship. And yeah, over the past couple of years, you just, they've just lost it. But it's intentional. Mm. This is the thing. It's not. It's not. It's not by accident. This well, it's happening. a really weird one because they, they made the move, which I get and I think is for them. I, probably the right move to say, right, we've done five yeah. years or whatever as a small fan focused community company, but we want to be, we want to be a big player and we've got to move past that and become mainstream. And, you know, that was always the intention, I'm sure. And I totally sympathize with why they want to do that because they're a company, they want to make more money. They, to do that, they need to sell more phones. They need to be bigger in scale. I get it, of course. Yeah. And uh, for BBK, it's a big deal because OnePlus is their American company. It's the only brand they have that sells in the States in any sort of numbers. And that's why they need to push it and they need to push it hard. And from what we've we've seen, the Nord line has been a real game changer for them in the States. And they've sold a lot of Nords mm -hmm. in a way that they hadn't sold flagships before. So I get all of that. But yeah, there's a way to do it, right? There's a way to move yeah. from your fan base to mainstream appeal without like 
burning bridges with the fan base along the way. And it does feel like the way they've yeah. approached it has damaged that fan connection they had. And long term, I don't know if that will really harm them or not. Maybe they'll find out without those evangelists that the brand appeal really never breaks through anywhere else. Maybe they'll find that, hey, that fan base was in the grand scheme small. And if we can sell 20 million cheap Nords to an American market, then it doesn't matter anyway, <laughs> you know? No, yeah. Did the CE go to the US market? No, I don't think so. Okay. Because, yeah, it does seem like they, they kind of yeah shortchanged the US market considering there's always very vocal love. I still um, do not understand that side of the strategy because the US mm. market seems to only get the really cheap ones and the flagships. Yeah. yeah. And when I look at the US market as a non-American, I look and I say, hey, what they're completely lacking is a viable mid-range. And they have loads yeah. of flagships and they have loads of cheap phones, but no one is there selling good mid-ranges except the Pixel A series once a year. And yeah. I don't understand why OnePlus hasn't jumped on that with phones like this and the original Nord and Nord 2, because they feel like to me like they, they could do well in the States. But it's a cycle, isn't it? Because if there are only expensive phones and only flight and only cheap ones, then they're like, well, we don't want, they're the ones that are selling well. So we don't want to come in with a mid-range. <laughs> yes, maybe. <laughs> yeah, true. And, and, and maybe it's a quirk <laughs> of the way the US market works in terms of the fact that mostly in the States, people get their phones through carriers rather than buying them outright. I imagine some of the really cheap phones, people do them buy outright, but maybe that mid-range price, people aren't willing to buy them outright, but it's too cheap for carriers to want to promote them or something like that. And it mm. falls in some sinkhole in the middle where the American market just won't prop them up. Whereas in Europe, so at least only... people will buy a 400 pound, 400 euro yeah. phone outright. Whereas in, in the US, like if Google wants to push an A-series phone, they've got the budget to do that yes. on their own, like off their own back. Whereas OnePlus doesn't have quite the same scale of budget, I exactly. think, to throw at that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's a funny one. I'm sure there's good reason for it. I'm sure they've thought this through why they just skip out that midsection of their own product line. But I, I do find it a little a little odd because I look at this phone and think, yeah, that that could do well in the US and they obviously want to do well there. But yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to playing around with it more and test it, test it more fully and certainly test out the camera properly. Generally, I'm positive on this phone. I mean, for 300 pounds, 350 euros, you're getting... A pretty decent mid-range chipset, 4,500 milliamp hour batteries. That's an all-day battery comfortably. 65 watt charging, which is really fast. 90 hertz AMOLED. I would like to see them make the jump to 120 because I think competitors are doing that at this price now. But really, it doesn't matter that yeah. much. It's, it's not a deal breaker for many people. And it's a very nice display anyway. Um, and yeah, the camera is probably going up being the weak point, but I don't know for sure. And even if it is, I don't think it will be weaker than the other cameras around that price. I think it's probably, on paper at least, it's a perfectly reasonable camera to throw in a phone at this price. So I look at this and I think, yeah, this is probably another very good phone for, for that bit of the market. But I still wish I could love it in the way that I say loved the first Nord, which felt like a unique, distinctive device that OnePlus made. Yeah. And now they're just getting to the point where I'm just like, it's just another affordable phone. And it's a good one. But yeah. I, as someone who has to has reviewed so many of these Nords. I want another one that I can get passionate about in a way that this one just doesn't quite, doesn't quite do it. Cool. Well, let's turn to what has turned out to be one of the phone's potentially direct competitors uh, in the Realme 9 Pro series. So to recap, slightly odd situation in the way Realme's handled the 9 launch. The Realme 9i 
came out in India like a month ago or something, just on its own. Um, the Realme 9, just regular Realme 9, doesn't exist. Uh, it may eventually exist, there may be one, but for now there is no <laughs> Realme 9. Yeah. We've gone from Realme 9i to then Realme 9 Pro and Realme 9 Pro Plus. Nearly tripped me up that in the review. <laughs> it's like, a little confusing, <laughs> yeah. And this isn't what they did last time. You know, previously we've had, I think last year, there was the 8, the 8i, the 8 5G, and the 8 Pro. Um, but yeah, this year, no 9, but I suspect there'll be one eventually. Um, what is new is the Pro Plus, which is a, you know, a new tier up that they've not done before. Mm. That's what Hannah has had the chance to review for the last week. We haven't actually tried the regular 9 Pro, but hopefully we will at some point. We tried the 9 Pro Plus. Um, it's one of those funny ones because it's a phone with Pro Plus in the name. So that makes it sound very high-end and powerful and premium tier. And by the standards of the Realme 9 range, it is. But this is still a phone that costs £350. So <laughs> it's only a little bit more than the Nord we were just talking about. It's very affordable. It's far cheaper than, say, the Realme GT2, which they'll be launching at MWC. You know, this is still maybe not quite a budget phone, but a cheap mid-range phone. It's only the lower end of what we'd call a mid-range device. Um, so... Yeah, look at the nine. Look at the the Pro Plus name in in that context. That's it's not that Pro or that Plus, but it's it's probably a pretty good phone for the price. Uh, that's enough for me for now. Hannah, what are your first impressions? I guess from using using the phone for a week. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing that people notice about this phone is the design. So I I sadly don't have. There is a right. Am I saying this word the right? The design that we can't show yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to say, going to lead into, I like the version I've got, but there is a version that is a, am I saying this word right? Photochromic finish? Um, is that right? I guess photochromic, yeah. maybe? I'm not sure. It's a, basically, it's a colour changing finish so that, you know, um, it's a, it's a, I think, sunset blue. So it's like a light blue. And then when you like catch the light right, it turns red. Um, yep. So it's a colour changing cool. phone, basically. But it, there's which, only... Which we've talked about on the show before with the vivo v23 and v23 pro which mm. it must be said are part of the same bbk parent company <laughs> as realme is so it's not that hard to see where realme got this tech from <laughs> also if you even if you did have that colorway hannah like if it's anything like the v23 when you had the that on the show dom still it got so it to to on camera. i still I just it. cannot yeah. get the camera to see <laughs> i've it. seen it in person i promise <laughs> it looks good. really yeah. blue like it's yeah. so impressive to point that i i've had the v23 kicking around for a while and just to like for like three or four weeks it's been one of the phones i've had out and about and just today my girlfriend saw it and said oh what's that new phone you've got and then picked it up and went, oh, no, it's that same one from before. It had looked wow. so blue in that moment that she thought it was a new blue phone. Um, <laughs> anyway, the, yeah, so the, the Realme 9 Pro and Pro Plus both have that same tech. It's a different set of colors, so it's not the exact same finish as the Vivos. Um, but, yeah, same red, basic I believe. thing. Like, sort of a light red is the way it goes. I've obviously not seen it in person, only seen images, but that is the way it looks. But it also comes in two other finishes, which is a classic sort of black. And the version that I've got, which is Aurora Green. Um, yeah. it's it's nice it looks really nice it's it's sort of a got a bit of a shimmery coating on the back and it really makes it stand out i would say in that sort of mid-range market there's there's it's got like glitter it's got glitter like, yeah i, I mean i don't really know how much you can pick up on that but yeah i mean yeah you can't really camera can't really pick it up but yeah I, i've got to me, uh, say throw up a quick, while we're on throw up a little image up on yeah. screen <laughs> <laughs> i've got to say while we're on the design though thank god 
the giant Realme logo oh or Death and Leap. Yes. Yes. Yeah, he was like, <laughs> like blazoned right across. Yeah, wasn't all the way it? down yeah. the Thank phone. You. It was the worst yeah. thing about the 8 series. Really nice phones, yeah. crippled by that design <laughs> choice. So whenever you think of the finish, this is better than it could have been. Like this is a really big upgrade. Absolutely. Design wise. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's not um you can sort of feel that it's a little bit cheaper if you're holding it in your hand, but like you wouldn't know looking at it really. Um it's just yeah, under I, eight millimeters it, thick, so it's quite thin as well, which is nice. Yeah, pretty good. It's it's a nice it's a nice size. It's similar it's similar in size and feel to the Nord, actually, funny enough, because I got to see the Realme 9 the other day in the office and yeah, they've both got it's probably the same plastic, let's be real. But similar sort of plasticky finish, but it, it, you know, I don't think either of them feel or look cheap, no, really. No, absolutely and, not. And both and both slim and light. There's one thing I do want to say while we're talking on the size of phones because this is one of the weird oddities. Um, I, I kind of teased a bit about the Pro Plus naming and how this is not that Pro or that Plus. Um, it would actually maybe be more accurate to call this the Realme Nine Pro Minus because this is a smaller phone than the 9 Pro. Oh, that is weird. And this like came out in the le- and I was covering like this phone in all the leaks and I kept being like these leaks have to be wrong because it makes no sense <laughs> that the Pro Plus would be a smaller phone. But it is. I think the Pro Plus that Hannah's been using is a 6.4 inch 6. or something 4, like that. 6.43 inch, yeah. Yeah, it's that is small, really. exactly the same size as the Nord 2. They've almost certainly got the same panel in it's now. It's the same, but I was going <laughs> They're both to Nokia Hertz AMOLEDs. It's the same screen. It, but I okay. was leaving it, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But they the 9 the Pro, the regular 9 Pro, is a 6.6 or 6.7 inch, so it's bigger. It's 120 hertz, but it's LCD. So there is that trade-off, and I think it's fair to say a lot of people would take the 90 hertz AMOLED over the 120 LCD. I think I certainly would. That'll be a better yeah. display. But it is so odd that they've also gone for a smaller size on the Plus model, which has better specs in other respects than the regular Pro. But it, I still can't get my head around that the Plus model is smaller. They're clearly <laughs> going for the you know the classic bigger ain't better sort of thing. You know, like <laughs> yeah. this is all I can say. I mean, like personally. I prefer small phones. I always have, like you know, and um, you know, I one thing I noticed was I was out and I put this in my back jean pocket, and immediately I was just like, it's not, you know, it's it's no good. It's it, it's gonna be, you know. Well, to be fair, you're coming from the Zen Phone Eight, right? Yeah. Which is yeah. dinky. That's a baby. <laughs> oh, look at phone. Yeah, that is a tiny, <laughs> so tiny <combat>. phone. <laughs> and I love. I don't mean that's a criticism of the Zenfone Eight, but Matt, that is about as no. small as an Android gets. Yeah, I so, love it. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Can't find another one like that. But there we go. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's the, as you said, it's the same panel that, as we were talking about earlier. Yeah, six point four three full HD plus Super AMOLED, ninety hertz. Um, yeah. It's nice. It's it's bright. Um, you know, fine under under sunlight, get a bit of glare, but you know, it's still usable and all that. Um, and it runs on a MediaTek Dimensity nine twenty chip. Um, yeah, solid chip. So, twenty yeah. better than the OnePlus. Oof. Yeah. So, <laughs> watch out for that. I mean, yeah, it's you know. You decide wow. the metric by which that's measured. It, it, it's it's absolutely. I, I was doing you know some multitasking between it. Um, so sort of maybe heavy multitasking that not many people would do. So like you know, I had Twitch on and had social media and trying to run multiple things at once to see how it performed. Um, got the occasional bit of stutter, but it mostly was pretty pretty good. Um, I did notice it is fitted with a uh, a vapor cooling system, and I did notice mm. after a little while it it got warm and it also got hot when it was charging 
So mm. don't know how, you know, reliable this sort of cooling system is um, and whether that heat, yeah. whether heat issues will affect the phone in the long term. I don't know. But like, yeah, just something to keep in mind, really. Um, yeah, it comes with eight gig of RAM to, and 250 gigs, 256 gig worth of storage. And that is the only configuration that it comes in. Um, so if that is, you know, too little or too much, too bad, basically. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think um, it probably has a micro SD. Does it have a micro SD slot, do you know? I think uh, it might uh, have this, yeah. Yeah, maybe. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I'll have to check on that. Um, certainly, actually, I, I didn't say, but on the OnePlus, there's a similar deal where they've made the unusual OnePlus move of only having one well, one configuration in Europe, which is 8 and 128. Uh, India also has a 6 and 128 config. Oh, that's um, odd. But they made a point of saying it's dual SIM and micro SD. It's a triple card slot. You can have two SIM cards in and still have a micro SD. So they, for the OnePlus at least, they made a point of really leaving that uh, micro SD expandable. No card slot for the Realme, it would, it would look like. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, um, that's yeah. I mean, tiny little bit more limiting, maybe. But yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, one really good thing about it is um, the battery life is pretty good. Um, I actually found, you know, trying to like, I was trying to test the charging speeds and then trying to wear it down. It just like wouldn't wear down. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> nice, nice. Like, you know, so like this is this is decent. It's a good, it problem, a good to problem to have. Um, so yeah, it's a four thousand <laughs> uh, four four thousand five hundred milliamp per hour battery. Um, uh, the fast charging tech was occasionally inconsistent. Dom, you had some problems, didn't you? And I yeah, had we one had some issue. weird. We had a lot of problems with this because I, I had the phone with me for a few days so I could benchmark it before going to Hannah just because it ended up being being shipped to me um and we got sent a model that didn't have a uk charger which is pretty common that happens all the time i can't remember where the charger what it was whether it was indian or i think it might have just been european i think I'm it's europe sure. yeah um but either way so that happens all the time but so i did the charging test through a travel adapter um so i don't know if that impacted the results but basically when i did a charging test it came in way slower than the 60 watt fast charging should have been I only got 25% back in half an hour when it should be getting about a full charge in, in half an hour, give or take. Yeah, so I, I then did it on mine. I got 75% in half an hour. I then tried Which to... Which even then is a bit slower than 60 watts probably yeah. should be. I got I, get, I did a 15-minute test on one of them, though, and I got in the teens, and I was like like something like 16% or something. And that's what I, I had like, when well, I did it. Right. My 15-minute yeah. test gave me 12% Weird. and then 25 in half an hour. So it seemed very inconsistent and and to be fair I do it could think... have been a defective unit or a defective charger so i don't want to say for sure that's you know the phone is bad but i will say i've had a, a similar experience with the zt axon 30 ultra when i had that that also had a european charger and i think i remember mentioning this at the time because that also has 60 watt charging but it was super slow oh, really? on that so i feel like maybe travel adapters do have a bit of an effect but not like a universal effect because I've had other chargers that charge absolutely fine. Yeah, so I mean, I've never had I don't this, know what the rhyme or reason is. I've never is. had this problem. Like I said, it happens all the time that I have to charge a phone through a travel adapter and I normally get exactly yeah. the speeds I would expect. But I, I feel it's yeah. worth yeah. adding as a disclaimer. We we were not able to just plug it straight into the wall and that might have an impact on this. But Exactly, yeah. yeah. It's just something to keep in mind. Um, yeah, if it, in case you encounter that problem, then yeah, it is it is a thing. Hopefully not. Hopefully it's just a, just a blip. Yeah. Um, yeah, headphone jack, always nice because obviously they're being di hey. ditched more and more. Hey. I'm always sad whenever I see there's no headphone jack. I'm like, God damn it. Yep. Not all of us have wireless <laughs> headphones or <laughs> USB C headphones. Um, 
camera setup on it. So uh, it's a triple camera array, uh, and it's led by a 50 megapixel uh, lens with a Sony IMX 766 sensor. Um, the main camera. Love that 766. BBK camera... is all over the IMX 766. Because that's in the Find <laughs> X3 range somewhere. That's so in it's the, yeah in the Nords. It was the, and... I think it was the main sensor in the X3 Pro and the ultra wide. It was the ultra wide right. in the, some of the OnePlus flagships. It's the it's Nord the 2 nines, main yeah. camera. Yeah, it's everywhere. Um, it's not in the Xiaomi Nord 12. 2 CE, but yeah. What's, what's, Xiaomi 12 has it. <laughs> yeah. What's really good about it though, it, it's a good sensor, especially I think for the price they're getting into these devices now, but particularly because it has OIS. And that really stood out in the Nord 2. And to me, that's what really stands out in this, because this is even cheaper than the Nord 2 was. And this is, what, £350 phone in the UK. It's I don't know saying, if there's anything cheaper with OIS in. It's worth saying, it is £350 no. in the UK, but and this is hashtag not sponsored, but uh, on the first two <laughs> days that it goes on sale in the UK, they're knocking 50 quid off of it. Um, so nice. it goes on sale, I think, on March, March the 4th. Let me just double-check that. Uh, that yeah, right. March the 4th. And uh, yeah, if you buy it before the 6th of March, uh, it definitely, Amazon and Realme will knock 50 yeah. quid off it. So yeah, if you've got your eye on this phone, get on in there. Um, um, and the the regular 9 has a slightly different camera set. Oh, sorry, not the 9. That's just so confusing. The 9 Pro. There is no, there the is regular no 9. 9 Pro. <laughs> the regular 9 Pro. Uh, <laughs> has a slightly different camera set, which again, looking at it, looks to me basically like the cameras in the Nord 2 CE because it's a 64 megapixel f1.8 main camera then ultra wide macro so that looks very similar um but yeah so if i think that's there's a couple of differences between them but that's one of the big ones i think there will be a camera jump up in the pro plus yeah i um, can imagine so um so bear that in mind you're not getting the ois on the other nine pro and stuff like that uh, and I, I do think especially looking at say the nine pro plus here compared to this one plus the nord 2 ce that looks to me like the big reason to spend a bit more. For a 50 quid price difference, but that camera upgrade is pretty sizable. It's just the main lens that's different, you know, at least in a meaningful way. There might be slightly different sensors than the others, but fundamentally very similar performance. But you're going to get a pretty decent quality jump, I think, from going up to that 7.66 with OIS. Yeah, and for the, and and for the price... For the yeah. price, that is that is pretty good. Like, um, I mean, the other lenses really aren't good. something really to shout about. Like the the eight megapixel ultra wide <laughs> camera. I mean, you know, I I find this on most ultra wide cameras. They're only really good if you need them for what you need them for, like wide travel shots or whatever. But mm -hmm. you'll see a big jump drop in quality. Two megapixel macro camera, like just yeah. you know. No. <laughs> Same as the Nord yeah. CE2, maybe? Let's yeah, forget about that let's one. Let's over Again, that. I, the other specs look look like the same. You know, these are the same um. lenses. BBK has truckloads of them. It's just throwing into all these phones. It's the same setup. So, um, The other thing I want to talk about on, on this, partly because I didn't talk about on the OnePlus, so I've got to correct that, um, is software stuff. And this is another reason I would err towards this, maybe, over the Nord. Not software usability because i do still like oxygen os a lot and i prefer it to realme ui though i haven't tried this is realme ui 3.0 which you know is slightly tweaked i haven't tried that um but software support on an ongoing basis i'm not sure if realme has promised a set number of updates um but the 9 pro and the 9 pro plus ship with android 12 
And one really important thing mm. to notice this is really just me ragging on OnePlus again. I'm sorry, but the Nord two C no the Nord CE two OnePlus is bullishly promising two years of software updates and a third of security updates, which sounds on paper to be like not amazing but decent enough for a phone that price. The caveat is the phone is shipping with Android 11, even mm. though Android 12 and Oxygen OS 12 are like ready and on other devices. So that first of your two updates is going to come within the first couple months, probably, and take you to Android 12. The second one will come about a year from now and take you to Android 13, and then you're done. You're not guaranteed any more updates on that OnePlus other than the security patches. Uh, whereas I guess I would be surprised if Realme didn't give you two updates on this one. So I would expect it to hit 14. Not, I'm not sure if they guarantee anything. I know they have some software updates, but... It's hard to tell which models they apply to from what I remember of looking it up. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not entirely sure. That's something I can have a look up. But yeah, either way, like it's probably guaranteed better than it's exactly. It's yeah. just I'm not sure what Realme is promising, but I would bet the Realme Nine Pro will hit Android 14, whereas I would bet the OnePlus Nord C2 won't hit Android 14. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and exactly. that's worth something. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so it's two years of Android updates for the. Thank you. So yeah, so that yeah, will go to Android 14 and get a full version that the that the OnePlus won't. So that is not so much a success of Realme as it is a failing of OnePlus. It's a really uh, yeah, it's OnePlus massaging the figures a bit to, to promise two years without noting that they're already shipping a version behind. So either yeah, way, <laughs> um, a little cheekier than that, and another sign that you know you're like Ugh. not thrilled about that. And it's been out for almost, well, for a while now. It was announced last May, Android 12, and started rolling out, what, last September to devices? So they've had a fair bit of time October-ish with it. October-ish rollout. And to be fair, I think, I can't remember when it Oxygen OS 12 started going out to, to OnePlus devices, but I'm 90% certain that you can get Oxygen OS 12, certainly on a OnePlus 9 or 9 Pro right now. So, like, it exists. They have that software ready. There's not really any good reason not to put it on this phone other than just, eh, we wanted to save some money. So, you know, I've, I do feel I've got an, I've got to knock them for that, especially in the wake of, say, yeah. Samsung just, you know, improving its promise even further. And I know that was for their flagships and they don't have as good a promise on the cheap phones and still, but this is a particularly like egregious example of it all. Yeah, and it, it, like you say, it's good to, if you're comparing mid-ranges side by side, and these are the sorts of things that you're wanting to be thinking about and prioritizing. because yeah, there's really not a lot to pull pull these phones apart. I mean, you know, if you stack up the 9 Pro Plus against the, the Nord we've been talking about, uh, exactly the same screen. Genuinely, it's probably the same panel, but I can't say that for sure. But specs-wise, it is the same screen. Similar triple camera, slightly different main camera on, on what, you know, and probably a bit better on the Realme. Uh, similar RAM and storage. Dimensity 900 versus Dimensity 920. They are going to be very, very similar chips, very similar performance levels. Same battery capacity, 60 watt charging versus 65 watt charging. Plastic build, about the same size. Like, you're really not, there's not a lot to pull them apart, and it fundamentally comes down to the camera and the software promise, because the chipsets are so close, I, I wouldn't recommend anyone really pick based on that. And because these devices are so similar and they compete, they both see success in the same markets as well. Like India is obviously great yep. for both Realme and OnePlus. All the more reason why I don't understand whether the, this OnePlus isn't in America. 
Yes. It doesn't make sense. Exactly. Realme is not there. Yep. Oppo is not there. OnePlus is there. They clearly think this sort of price point and spec list is a good enough one to go big on. They're two separate brands at the same time, yeah. but yeah. not for America. So, yeah, like I said, my only, I can only think it's a quirk of the structure of the US market that they think it carriers maybe just aren't interested in, in phones at that price point. Um, yeah, so Realme 9 Pros, I am, I'm quite a fan of the look of these two phones, I've got to say. I reviewed one of the 7s and one of the 8s, and I felt like the 8s were a bit of a step back from the 7s. I remember loving the Realme 7 as a budget device, and the 8 felt like it lost a little bit of the charm. I'm not going to lie, a lot of that was down to it saying dare to leap in giant letters on the back and I just couldn't look past it. <laughs> fair, fair, valid. But still, spec-wise at the time, it felt like things like, I mean, we had a, a Paul in Ireland in the comments pointing out that say the Poco F3 Pro kind of outspecs some of these phones. And, you know, I think that's a very fair point that certainly with last year's 8 series, I felt like Realme had been outspecced by Xiaomi around that price yeah, point. For sure. This year, looking at the 9 Pro and the 9 Pro Plus, I feel like we almost caught up a bit and addressed the balance, and I'm sure we're going to still see some like unreasonably cheap phones from Xiaomi sometime soon. But for now, to me, this looks super competitive at that kind of price, if, if you're in that segment. And, uh, you know, Xiaomi's got, got to, you know, pull the stops out to beat it. But yeah. I mean, I was going to find a way. Xiaomi undercuts everyone, but, you know. <laughs> uh, let's turn to our last phone of the day, a phone that is not trying to undercut anyone, the Galaxy S22 Plus. Uh, I don't think Samsung stressed too much about making this one affordable. Um, we, I mean, t- you know, and in fairness, I think when we spoke at the S22 series, we were happy they kept prices level, even with the moving back to a glass back and stuff like that. But I mostly meant the regular S22, because I do feel the S22 Plus is... It's a thousand pound phone. It's an expensive device. Uh, Toddy, you've been with it for a week. What, what do you think? And have have I guess the question is: Have your thoughts changed after a week of actually using the phone versus your first impressions? Uh, I would say change. Not really. I have enjoyed my time with it. I would probably still land on the point that it's maybe a little bit too expensive considering, mainly because considering what Apple offers yeah. in the same space. I think like the iPhone 13 is going to give you probably more bang for your buck. Um, I mean, I think the point that's... I've seen people make is that mm. certainly in, in terms of pricing the spec sheet, in a way, the Ultra sits above anything Apple tries to offer. And yeah. in a way, it's the Plus that is a competitor to the Pro and the Pro Max. And on that, keep referring it to this. starts kind yeah. of falling short a bit when you look at it that way. I'm finding this a bit, yeah, look- a bit surreal that we're saying Apple is giving back. Like, I don't, I don't think it I've ever weird, heard right? this before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been calling this the Goldilocks of the series because because of like the way, and something did this last year as well, but like, you know, it's it's driven by the design and the hardware of the base S22, but it has a few little yeah. sprinklings of extras that you'll only find on the Ultra. That's namely better Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi 6E, ultra wideband support, uh, faster charging. Yep. That's pretty much it. Everything else is S21 based. S22 based, excuse me. Um, and I've got to say, of those three, I could not recommend anyone make this upgrade purely based on Wi-Fi 6E because, wow, you're yep. not going to notice. <laughs> uh, ultra wideband, again, like if you are into the idea of ultra wideband trackers, either because you already own a SmartThings Plus or whatever they call it, uh, or you like really think you want that, fine but again most people not the faster charging is the one i can totally see because i think that's yeah. a big jump from 25 to 45 and you know but yeah otherwise but it's not a no huge box. amount here that's different. 
Yes, and there's no charging. No, box, no. Yeah. The, I mean, yeah, everything else is just pretty incremental. Um, you know, similar camera setup yep. by the looks of it, at least similar design, uh, which is the thing we talked about this in the kind of launch after the unpacked event. Um, the move to flat front and back, I mean, because it was rounded back on on the last two models, um, is ergonomically better. Um, it could still like crack if you drop it, but it's an improved Gorilla Glass Victors. That harder edge gives it better hand feel. Also, this has now got armor aluminium yep. or aluminum, which is what they introduced on the Z Flip 3 and Fold 3. Um, I haven't been bending this particular phone, but people who have mm-hmm. and been willing to, I think someone drove a car over theirs. It's apparently a noticeable upgrade in terms of hardiness. So if you're going to drop this, it won't bend or break anywhere near as easily as maybe last year's phones would have done. So that's a nice thing to know. I mean, as I said at um, the time when I got the Z Flip, I dropped that and it landed on the hinge pretty like in a the spot you don't want it to drop. <laughs> the worst uh, way. The and it was fine. Yeah. And I do, you yeah. know, I, I would say it wasn't a comparison test, but I can't help but that made me feel like, okay, this armor aluminium thing is, is probably legit to some extent. Legit. There's something yeah. here. They have toughened this metal up because... Yeah, yeah. If it's hardy yeah, enough, certainly not a rugged would... design, but <laughs> no. it's a nice design that is more durable yeah. than last year's, and that's with going to glass and all that good stuff. So it feels really nice. It's also really, really well built. Probably one of the better built just flagships yeah. out there right now, in terms of fit and finish and durability. I so think it's nice. really hard um, to overstate how much Samsung has nailed that this year. Yeah, on the regular it's a hard thing to kind plus. of like bloviate on because like it's not particularly exciting on like on a poster, and, and you've got but... to pick it up to to. to see it you know it's hard to describe it's hard to see in photos but you pick these phones up and you think wow this is a really nice phone it's comfortable to hold it looks really nice in person it's the kind of thing i think i still think vivo is the best in the industry at but this is a year where i think samsung's done really really well at it Mm -hmm. in a way that i don't always think samsung phones look or feel nice i'll be honest and like i don't love the ultra but this i really do yes Considering they've kept the same contour cut like design language from last year, I think that the refinements they've made aesthetically are nice. And I think they're the right um, right down to the color choices as well, which we talked about before. Yeah. In terms of they don't have that gold-purple combo as their main color anymore, which I think was the right call because that was just not a weird one. didn't really sit right with me. Um, Am I yeah, the only one really that nice. likes it? <laughs> I didn't, didn't dislike <laughs> it, but it just seemed like an odd color to lead with because it was pretty out there as phone colors go i i don't um, i disliked it because it gave purple phones a bad name i'm the world's biggest <laughs> proponent of purple phones and that was a really bad purple phone design reach it. and you I've know an samsung could do better in that color <laughs> but yeah um so yeah design and build quality ip68 all that good stuff um and samsung make sure it's 1.5 meters i don't know if that's standard for other ip68 phones off the top of my head 30 minutes but yeah it's it's so it's it's great on that front um you get the same you know, considering it's thinner than its predecessor, it's still got wireless charging at 15 watts reverse wireless charging, as well as the improved 45 volt fast charging. Um, everything else is very much like like for like with the S22 specs wise. Yeah. Um, a slightly upgraded screen, better like adaptive refresh rate range versus last year's phones. Um, still a fantastic display. It's brighter now. Actually, I noticed today was the first time I really noticed the extra peak brightness another very unsexy aspect of this upgrade um it's now like 1750 nits max i think in sunlight Ooh. i was using the pixel 6 pro and then i switched because my battery ran out or whatever i can't remember what yeah. saying. um oh my sim was in this and i ran out of in- like my internet connection broke when i left the house 
the brightness for watching videos on this is noticeably better out outside. So like this is one of the few phones I've really like noticed that outdoor yeah. display visibility like coming through. Peak brightness is one of those funny things. I really remember Max Weinbach on Twitter talking about this mm. and that yeah, it's one of those specs that people don't talk about a lot in reviews and you know we're we're all guilty that we don't address it that often. It's not that exciting. But actually it's probably one of the things that people notice the most in using their phone yeah. is just like when I'm using this outside in really bright light. Yeah. And I was can like, oh, I still use it? Can I see it clearly? So, yeah. And yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, if you you're know, trying if to do something, you're trying to call someone, you're like, I can't find my mum because the yeah. screen's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching a video though and it had like colourful backgrounds and like that really came through when I just put the Pixel 6 Pro away. Well, and that's part of the point here so as well, as well as well. They've got uh, AI stuff that's tuning the colour profile to match the lighting as well. Ooh. So that, yeah. Yeah. Which is Which, very cool. You know, hard to test for, but yes, it looks great. Exactly. Um, I, I actually have a software question for you because I know you've mm. been using Pixel 6 uh, or, or mm -hmm. 6 Pro, one of them. Uh, mm -hmm. So you've got a lot of Android 12 experience. So I'm curious mm -hmm. what you think about Samsung's implementation of Android 12. Because I've also had that on my on my Z Flip. I've had I've had some time playing around with, with their Android 12. Um, yeah. So I'm curious how, um, how you found it. The main stuff I noticed is just like there's a few extra settings that I was already using on on Google's implementation of Android mm. 12, like extra dim on the display quick settings is quite handy. So like just, yeah, I'd say just functionality was improved. Nothing too drastic, though. Like it's still, I think one UI skin still feels pretty consistent between yeah. this and last year's phones. Um, the icons are like they've been tweaked as well, which I think is a nice move. Oh, I can't I, remember. Yeah, maybe. That's what I like. Is there anything specific you were experiencing with the flip that you're like? I found weird? they've they've got the color palette stuff. The material you um, is in there, but they don't push you to it. You've got to go looking for it. And also, I found compared to a Pixel, it doesn't change as much. I think they've reined material you in a bit which suggests to me maybe a little more fussiness on samsung's side about how their ui yeah. looks and that it wasn't Wouldn't designed around material u and thus they have given it slightly less free reign on on where those palettes kick in yeah i, I can't say i'd noticed any material u stuff that was like oh yeah this is distinctly pulling from the android 12 update rather than any one ui yeah, yeah. stuff. they've also um, um samsung has its own take on the the privacy dashboard uh, the new privacy yes, manager, which I have, I have to say, the Samsung version is much less useful and poorly <laughs> laid out and called called something weird like permission manager or something. Uh, it's the same with their battery uh, tool in terms of how yeah. it shows battery information. It's not as useful. It's the same information in the in the Google implementation. Like they've not the features are there. They've just changed yeah. the UI completely in a way that you then go, it's like well, for the sake of it. Yeah, it really feels like it's an ego thing that they're like, well, we're not just going to put Google's UI in. Uh, yeah. But they've changed the name, they've changed the UI. And I'm like, well, this is, I'm glad all that stuff in there. It's just, it's just a little bit worse than what was in stock. And I <laughs> yeah. don't know why you've done that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but beyond that, the software feels, if you've used the Samsung phone of late, it's pretty yeah. much the same they ran through all the little tweaks and changes they made during the launch of what One UI 4.1 atop Android 12 brings. But yeah, in, in everyday usage, I didn't feel those changes in any massive way, but I was okay with that. One UI, I think, is a perfectly fine skew of yes. Android 12. I think it's, it's a good and a bad um, thing, right? I agree. Yeah. I broadly like One UI at the moment, but I think if someone out there was 
excited about Android 12. They'd seen all of Google's imagery of it on a Pixel yeah. and everything like that. They're excited to see some of that come through to their Samsung phone. You might it's hit this and be like, uh, this doesn't feel like the radical change yeah. that the Pixels yeah, just went sure. through. Um, other little things that like Samsung does really well, like they're still the only company really repping like the ultrasonic in display fingerprint sensor. And yeah. that feels better here, like mildly. It's already fine. It's not particularly fast, but neither are most optical sensors in display sensors. So yeah, for the standard of the market, it's fine. I feel like they could push the envelope there because that's maybe a bit lazy that they didn't. I still, what I want to see on the fingerprint so. stuff is, is for a while, I mean, Qualcomm we talked about this for years, and Vivo as well. The, size of the, the size of the sensor, but a bigger part yeah. of the screen. And it's purely a cost thing, from my understanding, from talking to people yeah. at these companies. They're just like, it's prohibitively expensive to put all these yeah, sensors like on the screen. Yeah, they have like demos where it's like half the display yeah. is sensor area, but it's definitely still localized. I, you can do it with the screen off, though, which is nice. Ah, so, nice, yeah. That was a bad read, but, you know. I think there was a Vivo, one of the Apex concept phones, where maybe not the whole screen, but like at least half the like display half. or something was. Nice, yeah. Uh, and it was great, it's but I remember I talked to them and I was like, oh, when do you think that will appear on a phone? And the guy was like, oh, I don't know if we'll ever do that. It's so expensive. <laughs> Costs uh, so much. Of all the bits, like, there were other bits of that phone. They were like, yeah, we think we'll have something with that next year. And this one's maybe two years off. That one, they were like, oof, I don't know, mate. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Unless you want to drop three eventually, grand on your phone. Let's, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, but that's, um, that's the upgrade I would like to see from fingerprint scanners on display now. It's just a sure, more yeah. generous catchment area. But yeah. Yeah. Um... I guess the interesting move that Samsung made between generations, uh, we'll get to the camera because that's that's a separate thing. Mm. But like, this is a fraction smaller, as is the S22, to their respective mm. predecessors. Um, and also that meant that they made, I don't know if that's directly why, but they made the battery smaller too. Um, oh, is it smaller on that, the Plus? I knew it was on the regular. I thought the Plus was the four, same five on the Plus this year, and I think it was 4.7, 4,700 uh, last okay, year, yeah. I think. Um, so it's not a huge jump, yeah. but it is a jump. Um, and... Battery life, if memory serves, like you, Lewis, you reviewed the S21 Plus specifically. I reviewed the base S21. Battery life was fine, but it wasn't like yeah. Xiaomi levels or, you know, impressively ridiculous longevity like we've seen from even like Huawei, for example. It still feels um, like a Samsung weak spot to me, battery life. Yeah, I think yeah. they were just assuming that the, S, uh, the Snapdragon 8 Gen 1 or Exynos 2200, which is what this one I'm using here has... Um, we're going to do more heavy lifting and make power efficiency even more impressive or at least consistent with last year. And I'd say, yeah, consistent, fine. It's still, it's okay battery life. You can get a day and a half of regular use, yeah. which is solid, but screen time was much lower than most of the other phones I've tested recently. It is my big um, fear with the base S22. And I have to, you know, we haven't tested an S22 properly outside of our preview. Yeah. But I look at that battery capacity and I really worry that I'm going to love everything else about the S22. <laughs> like it's going to die by 10 p.m. every night and it's going to frustrate yeah. me. And the base S22 has the issue of the fast charging is never going to be yeah. as fast. Like at least this one has the 45 watt that you also get in the Ultra, yep. whereas that's 20 watts slower. Um, I haven't been able to test that, but I think charging at about 25 watts, I got about a third, just over a third worth of charge in 30 minutes. Mm. 37%. So... It's fine as fast charging goes. It's, it's probably going to be a phone you're going to use throughout the day and charge overnight sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Even if it yeah. is a day and a half per charge, I would probably end up just charging it overnight for sure, for sure. Um, I think their battery tech is good though. That's clearly learning habits and how that's been operating. I've seen that actually doing stuff um, in terms of like slowing itself down overnight and in the mornings when I'm unplugging, it's not always like 
right at 100 percent and i'm okay with that oh we just uh, just um, while we're on battery still a uh, boothy in the comments on youtube says the s21 plus was 4800 so it's a drop oh, from 48 okay. down to 45 that's so 300 milliamps which is not insignificant oh actually yes um, he's correct himself he did initially say it was forty-eight thousand last year um it wasn't forty-eight thousand last year <laughs> I, i'd no, love no. to say that <laughs> It's yeah. like those Energizer well, phones that. that were like yeah, bricks. Exactly. Where it's just all it battery. It it's incredible. like the guy from Trigger Happy TV with the giant phone. Where he's like, oh. That's yeah. such a British reference point. I'm sorry to I'm anyone so watching sorry. on this <laughs> who's not from the UK. That's meaningless. But yeah, Don Jolly shouting down a giant phone. I'm in the library. It's rub- I've got an S22. It's rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say it's not rubbish. It's just not like it's not going to blow you away or excite. But I think Samsung never tries to do that with these phones. Yeah, it's just trying to make sure that it hits all of the the key areas to a competent level. Um, and it's yeah, charging it's competent, performance it's competent. The AGM one results or the Exynos results we were getting aren't hugely different from what we've been getting from some of the. 888 and 888 plus phones we've tested mm. it's not a huge jump in terms of benchmarking numbers like real world obviously zero issues if you get the exynos version technically you're future proofed for that ray tracing which i've not been able to test until games on yeah. mobile have ray tracing who knows but, when um, there'll be real support but yeah i have to say yeah, on the benchmark yeah. side it is i i think and very easy to overstate benchmarks but yeah it's a little concerning because i think this is the year where there were hopes maybe exynos was actually going to pull apart from Qualcomm and pull ahead. Yeah. And everything yeah. we've seen so far suggests if anything, after the gap closing last year, it might have widened again a little bit this year. Yeah. Which is a bit frustrating. The CPU seems to be it's slower, but the GPU stuff it's equal or better in some cases mm. is what I've seen between we are still waiting on our American colleagues getting a Snapdragon version of the S22 range. Um so we're gonna do our own test there. So I'll update our review once it's live with those numbers so we can actually see it's direct comparison. Like like. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um but yeah, it'd be interesting to see once they actually have their phones in hand, um, just how different they are. Okay. Uh so um, last yeah. thing I guess, we've got to talk camera, because for an S22, yeah. that's that's one of the main things. Yeah. Because the camera it looks the same than last year's phones, uh, but it is very different. Um, because I think the last two generations now we've had a triple, I think it's twelve meg sensor with a main and ultra wide and a telephoto yes it's a telephoto but we've mm-hmm. talked before about how it was a very odd basically ai digital yeah zoom based effort um i was testing out in the office actually on wednesday uh because i had the s21 still um and we have the saint pancras hotel the renaissance hotel which is a great way to test out zoom for detail because it's got a nice tiled roof um and I was very surprised because I was dead certain that the optical zoom on this, three times optical uh, from the 10 meg sensor at the bottom there, um, was going to absolutely crush the digital only that Samsung, uh, that the S21 has. Mm. And the gap was so small, surprisingly small in terms of quality. You get slightly better quality from the new camera, but the dynamic range wasn't as good. I can confirm, oh, you yeah. showed me this. We looked at yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, we did side by side on the table. Very slight. Um, I'd also say color accuracy was better on this as well so the the algorithm they're using the color science they're using has been tweaked over last year's models as well so i'd say you're getting better colors great detail across both um maybe a slight it's so subtle i would still prefer this camera system overall the main lens however the 50 meg main which does quad pixel binning uh to make a kind of 12 and a half meg final image is yeah night and day 
way better, yeah. especially when you want to crop in and zoom on that. It's just yeah, easily a huge improvement. That was my impression um, from our preview. That was the thing that excited me was realizing how much they changed that main camera. Just felt like a massive. Yeah, it made it made the S twenty one's main camera look really bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, colors, dynamic range, everything, detail, just like. And that's where most that's, people will no want question. the improvements, right? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, and and a little tweak that. I think we've seen before because Samsung's really keen at like partnering, you know, Apple's always enjoyed, iPhones have always enjoyed like priority when it comes to third party camera experiences through mm. the Instagram viewfinder, the Snapchat viewfinder. So Samsung has gone out of its way to make sure with those specific apps um, that the camera experience is better than your average Android phone because they kind of take a back seat there and have to use like the weird viewfinder <laughs> capture thing that weird Android cropped can, version. Yeah, yeah, it just basically yeah. means quality is comparatively rubbish to iPhones usually. Um, so yeah, you're going to get better in-app camera experiences on those main social apps. I've tested it out. Also, you can use the ultra-wide and it actually knows in those apps that oh, you're switching nice. to the oh, ultra-wide, nice. yeah. um, which is a huge, I think, thing that just makes it feel more premium. It just ups the ante. Totally. And it's just something that is a kind of unique thing. I know the Pixel 6 range have a straight-to-Snapchat yep. option. Um I, and this is similar to that. I can't yeah. wait for that to become more mainstream because I've just built in this weird little Assumption. Android habit of if I want to share something to Instagram or whatever, I get Shoot the regular first. camera out. Yeah. Yes. And then you'd have to go yeah. and find it. And I would never open Instagram to record a video or take a photo. Whereas I know a lot of iPhone owners and a lot of Android owners who don't know better will by default go through the social app. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, I yeah. kind of learned, oh, it looks awful <laughs> when you do that. But it's such a, you know, silly little sort of extra step to have to have. Yeah. 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 So the the camera is a huge improvement over last year's phones. I still need to kind of look more closely side by side. I've been doing some Pixel 6 Pro comparison stuff um, with the camera on the S22 Plus, but it seems really solid all around. Everything you want in a flagship, current flagship phone. Yeah. Um, it just doesn't have some of the kind of crazier smarts like Magic Eraser and stuff that Google has the kind of unique selling points in the processing and editing side of things. But the sensor and the color science and all that good stuff is solid. And I would have no qualms recommending the camera uh, as like one of the better cameras of this year so far, right. the current range of flagships. So yeah, it's a really solid device. Sticking at the same price point as last year is okay. But I think Apple weirdly is giving you better value in the iPhone 13. And yes, the pros are not that much more in, Actually, what is the base price of the Pro in the UK? I can't remember now. Is it nine 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 or? Oh, I can't remember. Uh, yes. Nine four nine nine nine. I think so. yeah. It's close, yeah. and you're going to get a better camera experience for not a lot more money yeah. if you do want to go that way. If you're not beholden to Android. Can I ask you, Teddy? Is so, there yeah. an equivalent Android rival that you consider compared to these? At this price point, at the thousand pound price point, it's hard to say because they're probably all about to come out in the next two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the, the, the Fine X3 Pro is <laughs> the first one that comes to my head. Um, I guess then, yeah, like yeah, there's, it's really tricky. There's nothing. It, it nothing, is going to yeah, be the Xiaomi moment. 12 Pro. It is going to be the Find X5 Pro, yeah. or maybe the regular Find X5 because Oppo goes expensive. Uh, yeah, but, we haven't handled the the Xiaomi's yeah. yet, so we can't speak to them. And the OnePlus so, yeah, 10 I can Pro, only really compare yeah. it to yeah. Minus the Pixel, I can only really compare it to old Android phones. Um, but that's why that's the phone I focus on, is that's the one I have, and that's yeah. the one that is going to have you know the valid longest in this market where the S22 Plus is like still. Yeah on the table and i think it's worth saying on that on the price stuff because so much of your review here is applicable to the regular s22 we've said the charging stuff is a little different the connectivity is a little different 
but yeah. and the and the battery life potentially, but all the camera stuff, performance, all of that is the exact same. But also the price is different because this really feels to me like a plus model pricing problem. And we spoke about that last week, but the regular S22 feels to me very competitive. And Samsung, for whatever reason, the way they do it, there's a pretty big price jump for the plus that doesn't give you a lot extra yeah, it's beyond the size upgrade. Yeah. And that's why I look at the plus and, and, what, and hesitate, specifically I that model, because the... that one feels badly priced in a way that the regular yeah. S22, I look at and say, hey, wow, that's really sticking it to Apple in terms of what they offer for that price. And the plus just doesn't yeah. do the same thing. Yeah, I'd say you could either you could take off Wi-Fi six E and knock off a hundred pounds. Hundred pounds less, absolutely. I think would be way more comfortable for this phone. Yeah, where it feels in terms of what it's offering. Um, and the other thing I guess is because of that six point six inch display size, even though this is the plus model, as Android phones go, aside from Hano being the outlier there with the, the Zen phone, six point one inches I think is it on the S twenty two, the standard S twenty two is a compact size. That's for a small Android phone. phone. So. Yeah. Really, it should be the S22 Mini. This should be the S22, and then this should be the yes, <laughs> yeah. Like, this was I, that would make. We know sense. that people don't like mini phones, guys. We know yeah, that it doesn't. Yeah. Me. <laughs> <laughs> I like mini phones, but yeah, the S22 standard is a small Android phone. Absolutely, this is a regular size Android phone by current standards. I'd say at 6.6 inches. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to throw a hand under the bus here, but in editing her Realme 9 Pro Plus review, I did have to change this because she moaned. That the Realme Nine Pro Plus was a large phone with its six point four inch display. Uh, <laughs> so that's going to be like this is an <laughs> average sized Android device, totally I'm normal far compared too to other to Android phones. Phone. I'm so far <laughs> too yeah. used to it now. So yeah, I think that's yeah, that's that's all the key stuff. I'd say it's it's valid. It's a valid upgrade. It's just a little bit too expensive. Apple does things better for not a lot more money. Yeah, if you're on an S21, definitely don't upgrade. If you're on an S20, for sure. Yeah. Um, I think mainly just because of the performance and the build quality. The build quality is, I think, build quality and the, and the camera jump aspect of this from phone. an S20 would be pretty sizable, I think, for that main yeah. lens. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that main lens is really good. Yeah. The zoom less so, which is what surprised me. I was expecting the the optical zoom to be so much stronger than the. I think to, the previous to be version. fair, when when I review, I didn't review an S21, but I reviewed the S. 20 the regular s20 which was the first time they did that that basically the same and i was always almost frustrated by how good their tricky telephoto was because i wanted to like be like this is an outrage it's a ripoff it's not a real telephoto (laughs) you looked at the results you're like well it's just as good so yeah does it matter because genuinely they got very good results out of that out of that digitally cropped uh technique they they really made that work and optimized the hell out of it so I'm not that yeah. shocked to hear that it's not a big quality jump. I almost do wonder if the shift here is partly them pandering to people saying, oh, it's not a real telephoto, it's not a real telephoto, and maybe them being yeah. like, well, it didn't need to be. We were just as good before, but fine. If it's going to be yeah. a thing, we'll give in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The <laughs> criticism is just off the table now. Yeah, so exactly. Like, um, yeah. But yeah, I, I always thought they did a good job with it before to, you know, reluctantly, as I said. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm. I'm really hoping we get a regular S22 in. I would personally really like to get the chance to to test out the base S22 because that mm-hmm. everything you say about this phone, I think that sounds great. I'm really keen to try it out in, in in the base model. And aside from the little things like slow charging compared to other Android devices and worries about the battery size, I look at that base S22 and think for a slab phone, that's kind of the slab phone I I would like to have personally. Yeah. 
Um, and I'm excited that, about mean, like, that not foldable. Yes, because <laughs> we all know the phone that I want to have, really. Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. But yes, that main that main camera sounds great, and I was really, really, really impressed and taken by it at the the preview, and I'm glad to hear it's held up because that's the bit I was yeah. I was hoping would be as good as it seemed like it was. Uh, it sounds great. Yeah, but yeah, but the S22 gets the pricing far more correct than the S22. Exactly. Does. Yeah, I think unless you really do not want the small phone, the S22 is the better buy, like for ninety percent of people. But I know some people will look at a six point one inch phone and say it's just too small for them. So I get that. You're wrong. You're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) That will do us for this week, I think. Thank you to everyone who's been watching and listening. Uh, We will be back next week, of course. Uh, As I said, we've got a lot of launches next week. The big one is the Oppo Find X5, so I'm I'm sure we'll be able to talk about all things in that range, including the, the Pro, which will be a very exciting flagship phone, hopefully. And... Yeah, I'm hoping we'll maybe talk about the Red Magic 7 next week once we've maybe got our hands on one. Um, I think that'll inevitably be another launch or two. And if not, we'll have MWC to look forward to and give a little preview. And then the week after that, Toddy and I will be out there in potentially sunny, potentially quite cold Barcelona. Who knows? Living it up on, you know, (laughs) fishbowl-sized gin and tonics and trying to to talk about the odd phone if we find the time. The dream. Until then, uh, (laughs) thank you to you guys for joining me. And yeah, like and subscribe, all that stuff. You guys know. Bye. Oh, yeah. Bye. Bye.